Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into His Word. Let's jump right into today's message. If you would, turn in your Bibles to Matthew 5. We're going to look at 1 to 11. This is part two of the, the value system of Jesus. We've been talking about this. I've noticed a value. How many of you have noticed a value system issue in the world right now? We're lacking godly values, and I believe it's largely to do with the fact that the church is lacking godly values. It starts with us. We're his people. We're supposed to be his disciples. We're supposed to follow Jesus, which means you're accepting this Lord, not just a Savior, but a Lord who comes and tells you what to do, and we follow his value system, and with that comes the success of his character. Amen? So I want to read this starting in Matthew 5, and I want to say this, uh, we're on week two, there's, there's eight, some scholars say there's eight Beatitudes, I believe there's nine, so we're going to do nine weeks of this, and we're on week two, but I want to read this, this is Jesus who preached this, uh, this, on the, this is the Sermon on the Mount right here, it says, now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up a mountainside and sat down. And his disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. And here's where it starts on, on, on uh, verse 3 here. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We did that last week. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. We're going to focus on that today. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who th- hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Man, I struggle with that one right now. I'll tell you, I'm real low on the mercy scale right there. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. I struggle with this one too. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. When I'm driving, that's, that one's tough for me. I'll just tell you that right now. I'm from New York, so we have to work on that. Blessed are those who, persecuted, uh, who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. My prayer is that these values that Jesus teaches would literally create a revival and a transformation in each one of us throughout this series. It's my prayer. So today's focus is on Matthew 5, 4, where it says, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. You know, when I first read this, it's like, hold on. And you may be thinking like, happy are the sad? What? What does that mean? So I want to dissect each one of these because there is, this is chock full of revelation for each one of us. How many of you got these bands when you came in this morning, a a WWJD brand? It probably reminded some of y'all of like high school, like 1998, 1999. Um, But uh, this value system of Jesus, we all need to ask ourselves, what would Jesus, how many of you think we need a lot of these given out in the world right now? Like what would Jesus do in this situation? What would Jesus do when your waitress is messing up your order and you're frustrated and you're not acting like Jesus? What would Jesus do when you're in the drive-thru at Starbucks and the car in front of you is so funny. Yesterday I was testing in this. 
there was a car. It's just a funny story. At the drive-thru window, they pulled up, like, just to where I couldn't pull up to the window to check their drinks. Like, as if, like, they couldn't do that at the window. Like, I couldn't get up to the Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to back up into me? Like, what was this? And I was like, what would Jesus do in this situation? You know, like, come on. Because I was kind of thinking, like, if only I had a brain. Why are you stopped right here in the moment? And, and again, the Lord convicted me. I said, hold on a second. You don't know the situation. You don't know what's going on there. You don't know if there's a little kid that's, you know, have, you don't know. You don't know. Can I tell y'all, we don't know what other people are going through. And we are quick to judge and quick to come up with like this narrative in our mind that's oftentimes, 90% of the time, maybe for me, 98% of the time, not even accurate. So far from the truth. But I believe that what this passage is saying is that God shows up in unique ways to people who are going through trouble. That God is a comforter. That's what I want to talk about today. Man, I could tell you I need to know the comforter right now. The world needs to know the comforter right now in the middle of a very turbulent and uncomfortable situation that we are all going through in these times. Whether that be COVID or racial division or the political structure of everything. It's like, it looks like a hot mess right now. But how many of you know God's a comforter in the challenging times and in the good times? God is still good. Can I get an amen with that? So you may read this verse like this. There is happiness even in difficult days. I kind of word doctored this for you in, in the Adam version. I read that to you last week. Don't judge me, but I'm creating my own version here. There is happiness even in difficult days because we will experience the provision, purpose, and presence of God. How many of y'all like that? I want to read that again, that you'll experience the provision, purpose, and presence of God. I'm going to tell you guys, I looked, I like to make these a little lighthearted. I don't like to get ultra serious all the time because these are serious messages. And I was searching for like, what, what could I do that was humorous? And I couldn't find anything because like, blessed are those who mourn. And uh, like, that's not really the most encouraging, but I want to tell you a story. This is a true story. It's, it's the only thing I can find. So I'm going to read it to you and it, it'll either go really well or y'all will leave and go to another church next week. But uh, this is, this was, this is a true story. This is in a Florida newspaper in 1972. And there was a guy who was working on his motorcycle, and uh, he was doing it on his patio, and there was a glass door, and he was revving the engine, and somehow the motorcycle locked into gear and went through the patio window into his living room and drug him along with the motorcycle through the glass into the living room. And so the bike laid down, and the wife comes running in, and she's panicking because she hears this crash, and, and she looks, and he's cut and, and cut badly, and the motorcycle's leaking gasoline all over her living room carpet. So she calls the paramedics, and the paramedics come, and uh, they, they pick up the guy. They take him to the hospital. Well, she stayed behind because they, they needed to get some things done. I don't know the whole story. I just know what I read. And uh, so she starts dabbing up the gasoline with these these towels, and then for some reason throws them in the toilet that was in the bathroom nearby just to get rid of them so she could get focused on her husband. Well, by the time she was done cleaning all this up, because it was dangerous, it was gasoline, her husband was home. So her husband goes home, and he sits down on this toilet, not realizing that these towels are in there, and he lights a cigarette, and he smokes, he's smoking, on, and then he, he flicks it between his legs, and there's an explosion because it's gasoline on these towels from his motorcycle. This is a true story. And so the paramedics come back. She calls the paramedics. It's the same paramedics that picked him up the first time. Well, 
the paramedics are they're getting him on the on the stretcher and taking him out to the ambulance and and they ask her they go we were just here before like what happened they tell the story well the paramedic starts laughing so hard at this story that he drops the stretcher and the man rolls off the stretcher and breaks his arm how many of you know that's a bad day it's a bad day you go why would you read that story like why is that is that a joke what i'm saying is we all have bad days but we cannot lose the joy of the Lord in the middle of a bad situation. I talked about it last week. The joy, happiness, it comes from the Latin word hap. That means the happenings. So happiness is dependent on the happenings. But the joy of the Lord is non-circumstantial. This is something we possess when times are good. And this is something that we possess when times are bad. And the reason why it's so important for us is because I believe that joy is one of the greatest witnesses that we could possibly have right now in this season. We've got to be carriers of joy. I really believe that if you're going through some things that you can choose joy and the peace of God, that it's a, cho- it's a choice. And we have to choose that, that God will comfort you when you're mourning if you lean into him. I want to give you a personal story about this that I, when I, in 1998, and it's so funny that y'all are here. There's so many prophetic things about this message. Even these are prophetic, and I'm going to tell y'all why. A, a lot of you know the story that I lost a brother in 1998. Um, to a tragic jet ski accident, and that used to be really painful to talk about, but God's turned that into something that I'm using for his glory, and we're going to talk about that during this message. Because how many of you know you can use tragic situations for the glory of the Lord? You can use that. In fact, that, I think that's the greatest way to give the devil a black eye. I really do. Not that we're trying to give the devil a black eye. We're just going to walk in, in the goodness of God, and that's going to happen. But I ordered these. I'll start with this. I ordered these, okay, my brother, when he passed away and was hit by another Jeski, he was wearing one of these. I didn't even think about that when I ordered these. But I, it, I, I looked at the message, blessed are those who mourn. Okay, Scott was wearing one of these when he passed away. This is just, this is waking me out a little bit. I didn't try to do this. But in my life, when I experienced, and anybody who knew me then, who really knew me, I was ultra uptight when I was a teenager. I just was. I was serious. Life was all business for me. Liz knew me. She did not like me then. She might have had a crush on me, but she did not like me. She liked the package. She didn't like the personality. It was just lacking luster, to say the least. But through, the, through this massive, grievous situation, I'm writing a book right now called The Fourth Chair, and it's about when we as a family sat down at the kitchen table for the first time And I looked down, and there were three chairs that were filled with us, and there was a missing chair. And I heard God audibly say to me, you have a choice to make. Either you're going to run to me, or you're going to run from me. This whole book is about the moment where I knew I had a choice. And I made up my mind that I was going to trust God even though I didn't understand the why. Why are bad things happening to what I deemed as a good family? I thought for the most part, God, we're serving you. I know Scott loved you. In fact, just a week before, we were at a youth conference where we were saying, by life or by death, God, we're going to serve you. We commit our life to you. Why would you do this to, to somebody that I love? I was angry. I was sad. I had all the emotions. It was a big 
margarita of emotions, for lack of a better, why would I use an alcoholic beverage? I'm trying to pastor this church, for goodness sakes. It was a Long Island iced tea of emotions. It really was. It was. It was loaded. And I, I, I said to the Lord, I'm going to run to you. And literally, there was a transformation that happened in my personality where I went from being a serious individual to guys the Lord lifted this heaviness off of me that I had before he even passed away. And I came in and encountered the joy of the Lord. And literally, I had a personality change. A personality change happened to me in, the, in this desperate. Can I tell you that God will do the deepest work in your most tragic situations? He will if you surrender. So I want to give you three things that's kind of an abiding principle around this topic of blessed are those who mourn. And then I'm going to give you three ways that you can live through a bad day. Because can I tell you something? It doesn't matter that you're walking with the Lord. You're going to have a bad day. And the first thing is we think the bad things shouldn't happen to good people. You may think that what's happened to you shouldn't have happened. I read my Bible. I pray. I'm faithful. Why is God allowing this to happen to me? And the truth is that God moves and great things do happen. But see, in Hebrews 11, it celebrates people who believed God and great things happened. Miracles were taking place. If you read Hebrews 11, like the Red Seas were opened. Dead people were getting raised to life. There was amazing things that happened in Hebrews 11. But we often fail to read the end of that chapter. Let's go to Hebrews 11, 35 to 40. These are the last five verses of Hebrews 11. This really jumped out at me. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released, so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were, they were put to death by, by being stoned. And they were sawed into two. This is getting nasty. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in the deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. You know, I'm just worried when I don't have my my pillow. <laughs> These were all commanded for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, that only together with us they would be made perfect. Can I tell you all something? God isn't fair. I've searched for the fairness of God, and he's not fair. And can I tell you, thank God that he's not fair. Thank goodness he's not fair, because if he were fair, I'd have to pay for my own sin. Oh, snap. You go, I, I, I don't know. Why isn't God fair? Well, he's not fair because he's good. And he knows, and his ways are so much better than ours. These are the, likely the last words out of Apostle Paul's mouth. In 2 Timothy 4, verse 18, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. Can I tell you what the problem is? We've made North Carolina our permanent home when this is nothing but a pass-through. It's nothing but a pass-through. See, everything you're doing now is really for his kingdom, and it's for a greater purpose, and it's for another realm we call heaven or hell. I hope it's heaven for all of y'all. You may be asking, well, which is God going to do? Is he going to rescue me or is he going to bring me? We just read that scripture that he will bring me safely into his kingdom. Which is he going to do? Is he going to rescue me or, or, or is he going to bring me? Well, the answer is yes. Very simply, the answer is yes. 
Remember, my joy and peace comes from knowing that regardless of my circumstance, joy and peace is accessible to me and it comes from the Lord. Point two is that we think pain always means that something's wrong. We always think that. We always jump to that conclusion. Why is this happening to me? Why am I in pain? I must have done something wrong. I've had people that are on their deathbed that have cancer that are going, what did I do to get this? It's like, hold on, what? Uh, well, well, did I do something to get this sickness? Be freed of that. How many of you remember that theology that ran through the church? <laughs> yeah, y'all remember that. I think oftentimes we ask ourselves, what do we do wrong when things aren't going well? I want to read you this. Out of, see, I, I give you scripture for everything, so let's make this legal now. James 1, verse 2 to 4. And I'll tell you this. I don't know any Christian that I've ever met on the planet, including my heroes, that actually live up to this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. How many of you know any Christian that's like, woo, going through it? Yeah, come on now. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. I remember I used to run track. I know y'all look at me and go, yeah, okay. <laughs> See that physique? Yeah, that dad bod that you got. Um, <laughs> thank you. I don't know who that was, but I appreciate it. We'll, we'll talk later. Yeah, we'll go out to lunch. It's all me today. <laughs> the testing of your faith produces perseverance when i ran track they used to have us run and then they'd have us run and then they'd have us run what they were doing was trying to, to trying to get us to work ourselves out and they were working our perseverance and i remember getting these stitches in my stomach and just wanting god to take me in that moment and they would say just run through it just work through it work through the pain keep going the worst thing to do when you get these stitches of gas in your stomach is to stop you have to keep going and work through it you're working through. You're persevering. Guys, the worst thing to do when you're in pain is stop your relationship with God. you got to work through it. Get connected to Abba in those moments because that's the only way to work through that pain. The worst thing to do is stop in that moment. Maturity says, I don't know what's going on in this moment, but I know that God is faithful and that he's up to something. God doesn't create the badness of my day, but he sure will use it for his benefit because he works all things together for the good according to you, those that love him. God's a developer. I love this. I love building. I love watching things. I love contractors that build. And, and God's a developer. God, God is working out. Uh, he's working on each and every one of us. He's working stuff out of us, and he's putting stuff in us. That's the beauty of the Lord. I want to say this, God is more interested in my character than my comfort. I'm going to say that again because it was good. I was preaching better than y'all were, amen. And God is more interested in my character than my comfort. Remember when it was time to get up for school in the morning, my mom, she never, she never did this, but uh, she would wake me up and, and, you know, my mom was very, I, I felt like she was German in those moments, like, get out of bed. Yeah, she was nice. She tried like the first three times and we didn't acknowledge her because, you know, we were slain in the spirit. I always played like I was just slain in the spirit. Lord, but mom, I'm just spending time with Jesus. Uh, no, get up, get out of bed. But she never said to me, oh, baby, you know what? I know, this is, and if you know my mom, you know, this is funny. You know, it's okay. You just go back to sleep. I know you're comfortable. 
She never said that to me. No, she said, get your butt out of bed. School starts, and I need you to start brushing your teeth. In fact, everybody needs you to start brushing your teeth. Why did she do that? Because she knew that there was something that needed to be developed in me that was more important in that moment than my comfort, my momentary comfort. Get out of bed. Spend time with Jesus when you don't feel like it. When you're angry with the Lord, it's important that you spend time with him because he will break through and show you that he's a comforter. I will tell you, when my brother died, I was asked the question oftentimes, and I lied about it every time, are you mad at God? I was, no, no, I'm not mad at God. And I'd go back in private, and I was furious, furious, furious. Why would you allow this to happen? And I'm going to talk about how to work through that. 1 Peter 1, verse 6 to 7 So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Guys, notice it says for a little while. Again, remember, what is it? What is the scripture that a day here is as a thousand years? It's a little while in light of eternity. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. Guys, listen to that. Your faith is far more precious than even gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. That's why, guys, I'm so stinking tired of singing songs i won't sing them anymore about the momentary things that we're going through have you noticed we sing about our journey instead of singing to the lord anymore it ain't about here it's not about this we're living for a bigger moment his kingdom come his will be done can we get our theology straight i'm not gonna sing about our journey anymore because i don't enjoy this journey week to week i want to sing about it on sunday no i'm gonna sing holy 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 is the lord it's a great witness to the world when we are walking through difficulty and are still at peace and still have the joy of the Lord. Guys, when your moment's bad, can I tell y'all, I think the greatest witness opportunity that we had as a family was when my brother died and we were there with the Joel Osteen smile and it wasn't plastic. I promise you, it was real. We experienced the goodness of God during that moment and I'm not saying that we were awesome I was just, I'm just saying there was a supernatural grace in that moment to God be the glory. That was on us in that moment. I want to give you grief and shock have six stages. We're going to put them up here. There's six stages. The first one is shock that we deal with when, when bad things happen. And it's important that you know this. I'm putting this in here. I'm, I'm not trying to be Bill Nye, the science guy. I just want to walk you through this. And shock, this, this should not be handled alone. When you're dealing with a state of shock, I could tell you, I remember so many people coming around us when we didn't know which end was up. And thank God we had community in that moment. If you're dealing with shock without community, guys, you're going to miss it. This shouldn't be handled alone. Then we deal with sorrow and undealt with sorrow when you're, when you're, de- I mean, look, sorrow is, it's even scriptural to deal with grief and processing grief. But if you don't deal with that, then you go to the next one, which is struggle this is where we begin to blame God, honestly, when we start to struggle with the why. So it's important that we then surrender. I'm sorry, these are all S words. This is just how I work. I'm systematic like that. I apologize. This is what must happen when we are dealing with struggle. This is the only pathway to peace is to give it to God. 
when you don't understand why did this happen to me you surrender and you place it at the feet of jesus so that you can have peace and joy if you don't you won't get it and then that leads to sanctification this is where god does a work and a surgery on our heart this is where adam's personality started to change when he was uptight and serious this is where God really did a work in me is after I surrendered and gave it to God at the fourth chair moment when I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to run to you. I'm going to surrender even though I don't understand. Then God began to sanctify me and I began to be filled with the joy of the Lord. And then that leads to service. Because how many of you know that God doesn't instill and do things in you to just keep it contained? He wants you to minister to others. So literally, this happened to us as a church. Y'all probably remember, I think you were there then, that just a few weeks later, we lost an elder of our church. And then a few months later, we lost another PK in the church that died. And she was pregnant with a child and was in the, in the center of an intersection where a drunk driver hit this girl named Kim Ames, who was, a, they were good friends of mine. In fact, I worked with Lenny, her husband. And it was a tragic situation, and we were able to go to service in that moment because we allowed God to deal with shock, sorrow, struggle, surrender, sanctification. If you don't allow God to do those things, you will not be ready in a moment where you need to be ready. You know, when you ask God to shape you and do something in you, are you asking God just to do that for you, or are you asking God to do it so you could be a light and minister to others? Because the Holy Spirit does not want to be contained. When you receive a healing, go and pray over somebody else that they would get a healing because the faith and testimony that you have, that person probably needs it. In fact, I'll say they definitely need it. And then three is we think we know what's best. Boy, are we wrong. I'll just go ahead and give you the spoiler. Oftentimes, we think we know what's best, but get, check this out. Isaiah 55, 8 to 9, the plan of mine that's referring to God's plan is not what you would work out or choose. Neither are my thoughts the same as yours, for just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than yours. Man, thank God about the thought process, because if you leave my mind just five minutes alone, you know, like Liz goes to bed and I usually stay up a little bit later, and that's when I start to like replay the tape, and I have to sometimes go, God, your thoughts are better than mine, thank goodness, because in this moment, I'm really on the struggle bus. Not understanding God's plan can be really challenging, but we have to trust that his ways are better than ours. And I'm going to read you a scripture verse that blew me away. I called my mom in a panic when I read this because I never read it before, guys. Let this sink in. Let this be a revelatory moment for each one of you like it was for me in Isaiah 57, 1. Good people pass away. Okay, we lose good people. The godly often die before their time. I never read that before. The godly often die before their time. But no one seems to care or wonder why. No one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. That's a perspective. I, I literally was like a minion. I was like, Rrr! when I read that, my world, it just stopped for a minute. And I went, wait. So is it possible that what I thought was destruction was actually protection? And sometimes what you think is protection is oftentimes destruction. Are y'all catching that? I'll give you a minute for that to catch up because it did for me too. I had to ponder that for a minute. Oftentimes what we think is destruction is actually protection. And then when we're in sin and we think we got that all hidden and we're protected, we're headed straight for destruction. 
That's a moment right there. That's a moment that you need to ponder and let it sink in. When you think you're okay and you're looking at pornography at night, and I'm not pointing at any one person, so nobody think I'm, I'm, I'm waving a finger. Well, you think you're okay and you're dialing one 900 whatever I don't, Is that even still a thing? I don't know. When you're sitting there and you're on chats that you shouldn't be on, and you're talking about things that are not magnifying the Lord, you're headed for destruction. You are no longer under the protection of the Lord. And I've been trying to say this to you many times that you go, well, the gifts are without repentance. Yeah, but the anointing's not. Yeah, but the anointing's not. I've seen people who are gifted and talented and the anointing lifts like that. And you go, yeah, no, I know what you used to be when you were under the glory of the Lord and you ain't that anymore. Yeah, I've seen that. I know this preaching is not popular. I'm supposed to grow a church. But you know what? I'm more concerned about growing people. I'm more concerned about you maturing in the Lord than the numbers in this room. We know that our days are numbered, but we have to trust God that his, better, his ways are better than ours. Psalms 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Can I tell you the best songs that have ever been written are written at a moments of brokenness. The best worship songs. I, I could tell a worship song that's written from somebody who's broken. I could tell. When I listen to it, I go, there is an anointing on that. That's written out of a place of brokenness. Or some hipster that just wrote it and has never been through anything. I've had people tell me before, how do I get this anointing that you talk about? You got to go through the fire. Yeah, that's the only way to get it. You go through stuff. And either you give that testimony to God and let him have the glory. Or, you know, you just whatever. And you'll live without it. As I've been really leaning into the Lord over the current situation in the world, I've been hearing God say this. I've been hearing say, Adam... I'm the comforter, and I've got this. You might not understand this moment, but I've got this. Guys, can you be at peace, and can you have joy in the middle of a political climate that you disagree with and say, you know what? I don't understand this, but I understand that God's got this. You can't be faithful and obedient for somebody else, so I'm just going to be faithful and obedient for me and know that I'm in right standing with you and do everything I can, and the rest I'm going to leave it at your feet and trust that you're my comforter. I'm so glad that I haven't had the struggles that Paul had to deal with in the Bible. Guys, you read about Paul. If you ever feel bad for yourself, just go read about Paul. Yeah, just you'll, you'll get out of that place real quick. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3 to 5. I'm almost done. Praise be to God and, uh, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of comfort. Guys, Paul's writing this in a tragic situation. Who comforts all of us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive with God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. Watch him get personal now in 2 Corinthians 1, verse 8 to 11. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the providence of Asia. See, there were troubles then, too. We're under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure. How many of you have been there? I, I'm under pressure beyond my ability to endure in this moment. So that we, the spirit of life itself, I believe Paul was actually in this moment suicidal. When you, I, I've done a lot of study about this, and I believe Paul. Now, this is an apostle, and I believe in this moment he actually struggled with suicidal thoughts because he says it. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, 
But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. In other words, he did it before. He'll do it again. On him, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. As you help us by your prayers, there will be, I'm sorry, there, there then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in the answer to the prayers of many. I want to give you three things and then we'll leave. Three things that will help you endure a dark moment or a bad day. Number one is we got to refocus on what's happening in me, not what's happening to me. So we got to change that victor, that victim mindset and get the victor mindset. Go from being a victim to being a victor. What is God trying to teach me in this moment of despair or trial? See, God is a developer. We said it. God is trying to form each one of us into his image, and he uses tragic situations and tough trials to do that. My pain is either a jail that imprisons me or it's a school that shapes me. Think about that. Number two is remember God always delivers. He always delivers. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 10 in the NIV. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril. We just read this. And he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. Notice that verse says he has, he will, and he will continue. Everybody say that with me. He has, he will, he will continue. In other words, his faithfulness that we read about in the Bible is still here today because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm preaching way better than y'all are amen. And this is exciting stuff. This is actually exciting. The best predictor of God's present help is looking at the fact that he has never failed us before. If he didn't fail me then, guys, you're in a financial situation. You're dealing with a business situation. You're dealing with a health situation. He didn't fail you then. He won't fail you now. I remember, I'm just going to give you this quick story. I'm almost done. But we, how many of you remember the series 24? Guys, 24 had the anointing of the Lord on it. It was so good. I worked for my parents then, and we literally spent like the first 15, 20 minutes to a half hour to maybe the entire staff meeting just talking about what happened the night before. We had staff meetings on Tuesdays. Monday night, 24 would come on, and we would all watch it as a staff, and then we'd all debrief like this is actually happening. Like it was hilarious. But you had this guy named Jack Bauer, and you had 24. Each episode was 24 hours, and there would be a countdown, and it was super intense. We'd crank it, y'all. It was so good. Um, but you know, we would always think in the 24 series that every, it was always pitched like Jack was going to die. Every, every, every episode you'd watch, you'd think Jack was going to die. But at that time, we had DVDs, and you knew by the DVDs Jack wasn't going to die. Okay? Can I tell you something? You might think that, like, is Jesus still moving? But, guys, we know the end of the story. We know there's another DVD. We know there's another episode. We know that. In Revelations 21, verse 3 to 4, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. 
they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. Check this out. Here's where everything changes and I am so excited about this. I couldn't wait to read this to you all week. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain for the old orders passed away and now we're in a new order that we can start rejoicing. That is so good. There's a new order. It's all going to stop. I was watching Fox News this week, and I went, oh, the old order is going to pass away. The new, I watch CNN, I go, thank God the old order is going to pass away. You go to MSNBC, you go, the old order is going to pass away. I'm not afraid to tell you all that. Just saying. Just saying. No apologies. The Communist News Network, CNN. It's true. And then there's the third one. We need to rely on solid relationships. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 11. He will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Who's the, uh, this is, there's a typo in here. It's talking about the Corinthian church here. It's saying he will continue to deliver us and, and you will help us by your prayers. He's talking about the Corinthian church. Guys, in this case, in today's order, this is Hope Covenant. Like, we need to pray for each other. We need each other. We need community. In the, I can't imagine not having the church that we were at going through the tragic situation that I did. Having people that ministered and prayed. And yeah, there were some people who said stupid stuff, but guys, the, the amazing anointing of the Lord in that situation was far greater than anything that was said to me that was stupid. And people are people, so we're all going to say stupid things. Give that person grace if they ever say something stupid to you because you probably said something stupid too. If, in my case, probably seconds before they did. We need each other. We need to encounter God and let him do a work in our heart so we can go and be a comfort to the world. I want every person to just close your eyes for a minute. We're just going to pray and we're going to seek the Lord. But I want you to ask God right where you're sitting here today to do a work in your heart. And, and I want you to ask yourself, am I in a position where I have questions for God that are unanswered? Am I in a position where I'm struggling in this moment with where are you? You might be in a position where you're going, God, where are you? You might be in a position where you're, you're, you're looking at the situation and you're, 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 you're looking at, at, at my ability to endure through this, and you need the help of someone in this moment. And that's where we can cry out to God. So if you're in a position where you're in a dark place, you're dealing with anxiety, you're dealing with depression, and you need the joy of the Lord, I want to encourage you this morning. Can we just lay it at the feet of Jesus? I cast all my cares at your feet. I lay all of my burdens down. I lay them all. I give them to you. Father, this morning, we've got a lot of questions. And we don't have all the answers, but Father, we trust you because that's faith, is believing in things that we don't see or we don't, we don't know the end, but we, we do know the end of the, of the story. For It's your kingdom come, your will be done, and that all of our sorrows, are they're going to be wiped away. Every tear is going to be wiped away. We know that. But we don't necessarily have the assurance of what it's going to look like here on this earth. But God, we trust you. We trust you. I want you to just say that. Let your ears hear it. Father, we trust you. Father, we trust you. 
Lord, we lay that all down. And I thank you, Lord, that you would give us the courage and the boldness to go and make a difference and a mark on someone. Father, this week, put people in our paths that desperately need to know you as the comforter. We ask for that in Jesus' name. If you believe that, we just shout amen. I want to ask you this. This week, be aware. You know, it's funny when we're aware and we're alert and we're looking for it, for somebody who needs to be comforted. Ask God to put somebody in your path that needs to hear your story. Each of you have a story. Each, I know some of y'all, I've been at funerals for some of your families. You've been through it. You know what I'm talking about. And there's somebody out there that desperately needs to, they need your joy. They need it. And the cool part about it is there's enough to go around because it's the joy of the Lord that's our strength. Amen? Guys, let's give God a shout of praise this morning. Those of you that are watching online, thank you for being with us this morning. We love you. It's an honor to have you. We believe that God can touch you right where you are. We believe the joy of the Lord is our strength. Let's have a great week. We just declare the joy of the Lord over every person. We're dismissed this morning. Thank you guys so much. I love you. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.